I'm nervous. Well, I have that influence on people, so don't worry about it. Like, I don't know, man. So you, listen, listen. <laughs> the finale for Rings of Power Season 1 has been out for five days. Five days, yep. Yeah. And you messaged me, and I can't remember <laughs> what the reasoning was or the context. Uh, oh, I do. I do. But there was something you wanted to talk about in in reference to... You, you basically didn't want to spoil something for me, I think. Yeah, I, I tagged you on a social media page of like a certain... Either meme or video of the finale. And then once it posted, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I deleted it instantaneously. Cause yeah. I was like, you know what? Brady loves this show, so there's a chance he's seen it, but he's also a busy guy. Like maybe he was waiting to watch it with someone or he had to wait till he was done doing something. And, you know, I, I don't want to be the reason that something was spoiled or ruined for him. So I like frantically grabbed my phone again and like deleted the post and like message you. I'm like, have you seen the finale yet? I have to know. And would you say this was less than three or less three hours, less than 24 (laughs) hours after the episode dropped? Potentially, like the the episodes as the listener as they, they drop know, at midnight. drop at midnight Friday. So at earliest, it was like Saturday that I messaged you, or maybe Sunday. It was somewhere in that range of the weekend. Not oh, it much was, time. It had was passed. definitely no more than thirty six hours. I Correct. Would, oh yeah. God, yes, no, yeah, no, no. Uh, and you said, "Have you seen it? Have you watched it?" Mm-hmm. And I, I said, did. I was like, <laughs> with with one hundred percent truthfulness and accuracy. And transparency, I said yes three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that number is now four. Uh, oh, jeez. And, and oh, like man. four times watching it through, and then um, sort of a, a, a smattering of, of watching YouTubers who are known for uploading them reacting to shows um so they sort of have like the feed of the episode on the screen and they're kind of you know either laughing or emotionally reacting or you know the same people who do like trailer reaction videos um Mm. and so there are several scenes several um integral scenes i would say that through watching other people react to these scenes i've now seen 20 times (laughs) and i'm nervous because look i have been an unapologetic defender of this show Mm -hmm. i have every time you say you're a defender of this show i always just want to jump in and not out of being sarcastic just like force of habit i want to say defender of the dark arts but that's the wrong (laughs) show i i have acknowledged weariness about some deviations from lore. Um, Although as Carl and I got into it the other day, you know, I said like, as far as the books go, like A, they don't have the rights to all of, of, like they don't have the rights to everything. And B, even if they did, the second age, the time period where this story takes place is like some cliff notes and a couple of timelines and, like there's not a there's not a, a shit ton written, so 
those who are like getting bent out of shape about the fact that they're like inventing new stuff for this show, that was always mm. going to have to happen. Right. There was yep. no path forward where invention wasn't a necessity. Um, and so, and I think I'm, you know, approaching television and movies with a little bit more of like a Hollywood insider filmmaking behind the scenes sort of perspective um, and like a real world business perspective. I also understand, look, there are decisions that you're going to make in the show that aren't necessarily the decisions that I would make, but I understand when creating a show that needs to appeal to the uh, to a, the broader audience, I understand why several of these decisions, even though not necessarily decisions I would have made, are probably the smart decision to make. Hmm. If any of that makes sense. Having said all that, I love this episode. <laughs> love it. It has cemented my love for this series, or season one, anyways. And that's why mm -hmm. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I don't know what you think of it. You've been hit and miss. Mm -hmm. You've been lukewarm at times. You've been, yes. you know. Uh, and so I don't know if, if we're about to sit and, and lament <laughs> about how incredible this episode is. I don't know if this is going to be a debate. I have no idea. All I know is hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. I am Peter, that is Brady, and yep. we are here to conclude the Rings of Power Season 1 review. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than just to keep you on the hook longer and, and make Brady sweat a bit more. Uh, maybe, maybe a word from our sponsor... Uh, who are giving us $60 million an episode to make this show. Um, oh, no, wait. Sorry, that, that was my footnotes. That was for the television show. That's, that's okay. what it cost. I was going to say, like, yeah. what? what? <laughs> I forgot to do that in our housekeeping. I forgot to keep you up to speed. Because we, we, we just had a podcast financial <laughs> meeting, and the spreadsheet that, <laughs> spreadsheet that you showed me was not <laughs> reflective of that. Of $60 million. Yeah. Well, we still can't keep the furnace on in the winter, so don't get too comfy. No. No. That's why we cuddle so uh, much. Well, do we, though? Well, we haven't had to yet, but it, you know, if survival yeah. is on the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's just get into it. Um, yeah. I, I think this is as good as time as any to cough. Pardon me. Just had to use that silence button. Uh, good as time as any to just, I guess, give my impression on season one as it relates to get telling you what I thought on episode eight. So there's a okay. reason I'm doing this, but All right. you know, I, I, I gave a hit and or miss at the end of every episode. You said, is this a win or a pass for you? And, you know, I don't really know exactly what that means. Is it that I enjoyed it? Maybe. Is it that this, you know, that individual episode was better than the Hobbit? Maybe that's what it meant, but regardless, you know, a win or a fail. And as I'm doing a quick glance, like, there were three fails in my mind, episode one, four, and five, but the rest, including episode eight, Ooh. was a green check mark, was a, a win. Okay. And uh, so I guess where I stand on, on the whole show and eight capped it off was I'm not, I'm not where you are, and I definitely see where people coming from. There are people who adore the show. I'm not there. 
There are people who hate this show. Like, I absolutely wish for its demise. Viscerally. I'm not there either. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not there. I'm right in the middle in a good way. I, I, I don't, it's not the best show I've ever made, ever made. It's not the best Tolkien uh, show or, you know, uh, Enterprise ever made, but it's definitely not bad. And it's beyond bad. Like it's, it's enjoyable and I, I'm really there for it. And I think my only critique plug to your movie news show, uh, what our movie news show, but it's with you and Carl. Um, I do think my, the only thing I dis- dislike is how we have to wait so long for season two. And I think maybe it was a blunder to not record oh my two seasons worth of material just to have a quick turnaround to kind of keep momentum running into season two. But I said in my conversation with Carl and, mm-hmm. uh, and this was me quoting someone else, but I stand by it entirely. Sure. The decision to not have them shot side by side. Yeah. The decision that has led to us having to wait two years mm-hmm. for another episode uh, is not just a decision that sucks and is unfortunate, <laughs> but legitimately from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. this is a decision that somebody should be fired over. <laughs> this This... Like, whoever spearheaded the decision to to do it the way they're doing it, mm-hmm. not even from, like, a, I'm an upset fan and I don't want to wait and blah, blah, blah. Mm. No, literally, logistically, commonsensically, that's not a word, uh, from, from a business standpoint, this is a decision that someone who is getting paid an obscene amount of money for what they do should be out of a job for. <laughs> and I don't have enough knowledge business-wise to confirm or deny what you're saying. Cause I, I get at first I complete agreed completely with what you're saying and just getting into the weeds of this. I'm not sure now I completely agree with it. Just, and I, this is a general question. I'm just genuinely curious about is, how much of a return on investment is Amazon seeing with this? Like 60 mil per episode. Per that's episode. a ton of that's a ton of dough. It's and I'm just curious, like, are we seeing an uptick in subscriptions now? Will they see a trickle through for the next couple years? Will they see a trickle up when season two is ramping up? Like, I'm just curious if this for dollar for dollar, because that's a ton of coin to make up for. If that's, if it's really uh, the return, I'm just curious on the return of investment. I guess that's what I'm trying to boil it down to. And so related to that, whether it's lucrative right now, um, maybe it's not a fireball offense. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree. I want it out next fall as well, but maybe it makes sense to stretch it out because maybe a lot of people will sign up for it now, unsubscribe and then resubscribe in a couple years when season, maybe when season two comes out, more subscriptions will come up saying, "Hey, let's let's watch season one again. Let's watch season two, and we'll we'll subscribe again." With a, sub- I guess it all just boils down to the technicality of the return on investment with a subscription service. But my, I, I'm with you too. Like I think it really would have been opportunistic to film both at the same time and talk about the momentum you could have carried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. This is not the movie news. This is the movie review 
or the television review. So how how should we how should we break this down? Are you feeling better enough to lead the order of ceremony? Uh yeah, do I sound better? You sound 98% better. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely not there all the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. but yeah, let's let's I mean let's chit-chat. Um Please. It, it my notes here are fairly non-linear. I don't have like sure. a that's like fine. a hey, let's break the episode down, yeah. scene by scene. That's okay. Um, a, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen. I was watching yes. a trailer for this episode, so I had not watched any trailers. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, mm. since the sh- show started. Right, so I watched all the trailers mm. that came out prior to yep. the show starting. Yep. Uh, yep. I watched, and then the, sort of the like the weekly episodic trailers. Um, I hadn't been watching, but I did watch the trailer for this one. And in the trailer, it said, all will be revealed. And that was something we talked about last week, you and I said, like, there are several things that I need an explanation. Uh, Not need, that I, that I, I said, there are three things that I want. Yes. Three things on my wish list. One is I want some sort of explanation or tip of the hat to who Sauron is. Sure. Number two, I said I either need an a, a, an answer for or some sort of big hint, you know, something to to chew on a bit for the next little while on who Meteor Man is. Yep. And three, in a show titled Rings of Power. I need to see some rings of power. <laughs> and even if I don't see rings of power, I need like I need a lot of talk about it. I need a lot mm. of things that are kind of like you yep. know, really heavily hinting that yes, that's that's where we're coming, that's where we're going. Uh mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say we I got all three of those. Oh, I would say so. My wish list you- was fulfilled. Um, yep. Yep. the the episode. I, let's go. We'll go somewhat linear linearly here. Um, but the, mostly even, just coincidentally. Yeah, or and I, I hope. Like, are you going to hit on those three things in this? Oh, order? absolutely, I absolutely. Feel that'd be a starting point. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, um, starting with who Sauron is. Also, can I just say, I haven't given you like a round of applause, but every time you roll that Sauron in this series, I've been like. Good job. Yeah, like, see, you can't, because it's, it's just, just, you say Sauron, and it's yeah. like, it just doesn't, no. you know, it's Sauron. Like I, it's like a good, like, I, I've picked, it's like the Christopher Lee, yeah. um, con, like, uh, uh, dialect. Uh, dialect right there. It's like Sauron. Sauron. Like, you're just like pulling it off, but in like average sentences. Sorry, continue with your thoughts. Well, and as you know, it's no different than like, you can, you know, you can in like your whitest hickey accent that you can possibly do. You can be like, Am "Oh yeah, it's, it's the show about Galadriel," <laughs> and it's just not. You know, it's Galadriel. Listen, I will not have you bring my hick accent into this, right? I, I see. Listen, I see. I see saying Sauron over mm-hmm. Sauron the same as saying Jose versus. Josie. 
Like oh. what one is accurate and one is not. One right. one is the way the name is said. <laughs> right. And one is incorrect. Like you yeah. Know. But yeah. so anyways, um so it starts off and we are uh it, like right off the bat, I'm like, ooh, okay. So the cultists, as I've been calling them up until this point. <laughs> or um, the Motley Crew fan club. The Motley Crew fan club have have sort of tricked using some like shape-shifting ability have tricked Mm -hmm. meteor man Mm -hmm. into thinking that one of them is nori and kind of like you know so he kind of like lets his guard down and then all of a sudden you know the stigmatism takes over and the eye color changes (laughs) and 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 they like morph down into nothing and then come up and and all of a sudden it's you know it's I don't have a name for her, but, you know. Um, And they do a big, they do a big mic drop at the beginning of this episode, right? They're kind of like closing in on Meteor Man and we're all like, oh shit, like what's going to happen? This guy can barely Mm -hmm. string a sentence together. He's not going to be able to (laughs) fend him. Something that he overcomes immaculately by the end of this episode, by the way. Very Um, well, yeah. But, uh and they're like, you know, we we are here to serve you, Lord Sauron. Mm-hmm. And then the music goes, Wah, right? And then the, and then mm-hmm. the, our Rings of Power intro screen, which I've never, I don't know if I've talked about this. The Rings of Power intro screen doesn't do a lot for me. No, all the like sounds and stuff. Yeah, like it visually, it's, it's a lot of fun. But I'm like, I don't know if I understand the relevance it's of fine the sands and stuff it's, it's fine it's okay at, at best it's yeah, there's it's, nothing it, wrong with it but it's, it's good it's adequate yeah it's not great no um well, so that happens and let me tell you when that happened i had a couple of thoughts my first thought was wow you just clocked me over the head with two of my wish list <laughs> items right uh right off the rip you just explained you, to you, me who were Meteor Man is and who Sauron is. And, and did you, were you, now, did you think that was like, was there any tomfoolery afoot um, in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I would say I was not, I was not fighting against the show. I was not, mm-hmm. it was not the decision I wanted them to make. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a decision I liked, mm-hmm. but I was also, I was blindly taking whatever they were feeding me. Um, yeah. And I, t- to my benefit, I think, because I was mm. able to feel the full effect of yes uh, of what they were trying to do. Yeah. And listen, maybe some of this is hindsight bias and, you know, uh, maybe I uh, maybe I really believed it a bit more than I'm saying now, but I part of me wondered if some tomfoolery was afoot because when that when that reveal came, I said, "Interesting." But I'm going to wait till the credits roll till we have all the information before I raise an eyebrow or two. Just something yeah. about me wasn't, you know, for five minutes in, there's got to be more to the story here. So I yeah. was I was a little skeptical. Can I also say from an editing standpoint, mm. this should not have been the opening scene of this episode. Why is that? Because it should have been the last scene of the last episode. Oh, I would have been pissed. Can you imagine? I really like, would have. We would have spent all week going, what? All week? Oh, sorry. Do you mean it's the last part of episode seven? Of or episode eight? seven. 
Oh, okay. I thought you meant episode no, eight. No, and I was no, like, no, no, no. I can't do two years. No, of no, no. The last Man. episode is in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would have been juicy. It would have been, been juicy, so but, juicy. But I actually respect the decision of that because it's still enough of a drop that you don't really get a full reveal till later in the episode. And so I respect it not falling the mold of like, let's have some some cliffhanger stuff at the end just to get people to tune in. Yeah. Like, the, the invested viewers are going to tune in no matter what. So let's reward them with not having a carrot dangling. So yeah. I get what you're saying. I would have been just as like, hey, yeah. woo, here we go. But I'm happy with the decision they made. Not just because uh, I don't yeah, like I mean, being left in the dark, but just yeah. creatively, I think that was a richer touch. Sure. Uh, so then we we reach um, Oregion and mm. we see a uh, a... Halbrand, who's in rough shape, he's yeah, he's in trouble. Say that, he's, um, and he shows sure. up with Galadriel, and uh, Galadriel and Elrond have a little bit of a "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" kind of <laughs> moment. Um, both of them, both of them are wearing Spider-Man outfits too. Yeah, weird. <laughs> and I, it was a, it's a nice moment i think i've i think one of the things that was really special for me in the first episode and i had kind of slipped my mind um mm. just because we haven't had it since is the the chemistry and the interactions between mm. galadriel and elrond yes their friendship yep. their 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 dialogue back and forth um mm. so i enjoyed that i enjoyed having them there together again and this kind of like you know um i doubted you which is you know a mistake i will not make again Mm -hmm. um i thought that was really fun um we we have a lot of harfoots in this episode which i know has been (laughs) you know it's been a it's been a weak spot for you (laughs) of the episode or of the of the series Mm -hmm. um but the Harfoots decide they're going to like at the end of the last episode. They're like, "Wow, we're gonna we're gonna go pursue Meteor Man because um, mm-hmm. we got to tip him off. We got to give him the heads up that mm-hmm. you know not all is Some, as it should be." Yeah, and uh, and so they arrive, but they arrive too late. And there's a little bit more shape shifting mm-hmm. mischief that goes on here, which kind of puts. Uh, are Harfoots in a bit of a, a tight spot. Um, you could say something was afoot with the Harfoots. <laughs> it, there was a lot going on in this. I really like this scene from start to finish. Um, oh, yeah. One is, you know, so they've, like, they've explained now to Sau- to Meteor Man that he is Sauron and that, that there's a sort of a veil of fog that is going to lift over him and, and the more it lifts, the more he'll be aware of and remember who he is and, and, you know, Hmm. sort of have control of his powers. Um, But sort of a significant thing that comes out of their dialogue here is that they are wanting to take him back to their homeland in the Mm -hmm. East, the, the land of Rune. Um, Right. Which if you look at any Middle Earth map, um, you'll see over on the right hand side of the map and most mm. people who have only ever seen the films don't really know much more than what's in the films have always looked at that, not known what the hell it is or how to pronounce it because it is spelt R-H-U-N um, instead of R-U-N-E. Uh, 
And yeah, so that it's, so we get a little bit of like who they are, and that they were actually likely followers of Morgoth. And now that Morgoth is gone, Sauron is sort of the next best thing. He's the the hottest item on the block, um, <laughs> and so they are going to turn him into their Dark Lord, and they kind of want to be. Mm. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. you know, as they foresee his rise to power, they're wanting to be in pretty good with the guy that they have, you know, that they're placing their bets on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nori shows up and and has a really heart-touching interaction with Meteor Man. Um, mm. When he tells her, you need to stay away from me or, you know, I'm going to hurt you again. Mm. Um, sort of, you know, not, he, he's accepting the fact that he's Sauron, but he's not embracing it. He doesn't want that. Mm. But if that's who I am, yeah, then I'm destined to hurt you yeah. and I care about you. So I need you to keep your distance. Um, interesting. It's an, an interesting point that you're really kind of honing in on the embracing of it but not or sorry like the acknowledging it but not embracing it and there was there was a key distinction right yeah it's not something he wants yeah but, but it's he, something he's aware of but he's he's been told that he's bad um mm-hmm. that he is peril yeah. and so yeah um shit goes down <laughs> i would say and mr yep. mr burrows gets <laughs> Gets shanked. <laughs> Does he ever? Like mofo. And it when it happens, uh, it it happens very quickly, and it's in, sort of in the middle of like a lot that's going on. So it is like it, it's like an oh no moment, but you don't yeah. really have time to like no stop and deal with it because There's we, just we're still so much. in the middle of this fight. Um, yeah. And so Nori's saying, like, come on, pick up the pick up the staff and come on, help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Um, and then just as as uh as our main runer is uh is about to, you know, Charizard fireball everybody, uh all of a sudden the the flame goes out and all the flames mm-hmm. around them are are diminishing and everyone goes, <gasps> and then it pans over to Meteor Man. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sort of like some light and some effects are starting to swell a little bit. And he says something to the effect of, from shadow you came, and to shadow I, I send you back or something. Something mm-hmm. very, not, not word for word, but very spot on to what Gandalf says to the Balrog. Yeah. You know, go back to shadow. You go know, back like, to yeah. the shadow. Yeah, that's yeah. where I, I banish you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, the 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 rune people are like, oh, he's not Sauron. <laughs> he is the. It's, there's so there's three huge things, three sentences, and each one is like a big bomb drop. He's not Sauron. Okay. Mm. He is the other. Okay. That's that sentence, that statement that you mm. just made carries a lot of weight. What do you mean the other? Right. 
and then they say the Istar, hmm. which is the the uncommon folk term for what we know as wizards, right? So mm. Gandalf and Radagast and the Blue Wizards and all the they are Istar. That is their 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 race, their species, right? And so that's for anyone who, you know, so for people like me, that was a really big moment where I'm like, okay, we're getting some confirmation here of not necessarily that this is Gandalf, but that this mm. is someone, right? This mm -hmm. is some sort of wizard. Um, for sure. But not everyone would have gotten that moment, right? Not everyone mm. would have heard Istar and went, huh? Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I... I did. I, my ears did perk up when I heard that, and I said, "Ooh, yeah." Here uh, we go. So, so that all goes down, and then he, like, you know, stomps his staff, and they, like, in the most mm. visually stunning, yeah, display of of moths and butterflies yeah. flittering away off the bodies of like what looked like wraiths, almost. Yes, uh, but it's so cool. And it's mm. so epic. And anybody who is interested in arguing the fact, or arguing against the fact, that this is the most beautiful-looking television show ever made, uh, mm. they can they can bite me. Because this is... Uh, time and time again, it is gorgeous to look at. Even if you don't like what they're doing with the story, even if you don't like the characters, you don't like whatever, it is a gorgeous show to look at. And this scene and how he obliterates these three is just further proof of that. I think this show will need a rewatch on my part because there's only maybe about two or three scenes that really stand out to me visually. And... And, you know, like, and I watched it on a 60 inch, you know, 4K, all the jazz. I think I was just so honed in on the events that were happening at times that I didn't take a second to kind of breathe and kind of let it soak in, so to speak. And just look at it and go, this is a TV show. Right. This yeah. isn't a movie. This isn't yeah. a huge blockbuster film. This is a television show. <laughs> and yeah. it's gorgeous. Flawless, yeah. visually. Mm. Um, then Mr. Burroughs dies. Yeah, I mean, I thought we all were, were on the lines of he had croaked kind of instantaneously. And then, you know, conveniently, it's like, no, I must wait till the sun rises. Oh, man. This, this is the first scene of the episode that I got choked up watching. I, I, I'm sorry. I sounded like a monster, but... I just thought it was just a little hokey how he's like, I want to see one more sunrise. And it's like, well, that's convenient because it's like, here it is. I mean, yeah, well, no, see, but, that's, but that's not what he says. That's not the way he says it, though. Right. So I he's know, like, just... he is he is wanting the reason he says that is is twofold. Mm -hmm. One is because he um, being a Harfoot and being sort of the elder of their their little mm -hmm. get up. Um, he is so appreciative and connected to nature and sure. sort of the the small beauties of the world that is yep. consistent with hobbits um yep. but just this like i think the way he says it is so because you know they're like oh no it's okay like you know we're going to like hang in there 
we're going to get you back to the, to the group and so on and so forth. And he says, sorry, ma'am, I'm afraid I'm about to wander off trail a bit mm. or something. It just like, and it was yeah. like, oh, like it was just, it was so poetic the way he said it. And, mm. uh, and then he says, now, if you don't mind, I think I'd like to just sit for a while, watch mm. the sun come up. Right. Mm. In this kind of like, let's not talk. Yes, I'm dying. Let's not talk about <laughs> it. Let's not dwell on it. Let's not, right. you know, I would like to A, enjoy something as, as you know, my last memory, I want it to be a happy, enjoyable one. And mm, two, mm. I'd like to direct all of your attention away from what's happening with me mm. and to something yeah. that is beautiful and stunning and, and remind you of the beauty that's in the, the world. Yeah, I think that's all valid and fair. And there was a scene where you were able to artistically hone in on that. And I was just, I looked at it more practically going, well, I'm shocked he isn't dead yet. And I, it's even more convenient that this all aligned for it to happen, but good for him. <laughs> Pete, the healthcare worker. is a nice sensitive <laughs> Listen, scene. And Pete's like, oh no, that guy's, worker. Like if someone that guy's throws bone. an axe or a, a knife through your chest from across the room, I mean, you're, you're A, you don't, you don't control the time that you've got and B, you, you might not be like, being able to breathe and conduct thoughts and sentences okay. being like you know okay. but what is I might what is one of the have, main descriptors that we have used cinematically and in the books yeah. in terms I of hobbits resilient um, that, that's true that hobbits you, are so you surprisingly right. resilient yep yeah that's fair so can argue it Shut can up. argue it uh, <laughs> yeah so that all happens um then yep. we get back to a much better looking Halbrand all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. He's made a hell of a recovery. Miracle. Well, you, might a, even you know, say. elvish medicine and stuff. But um, elvish medicine. He starts chit chatting with Celebrimbor. And um, I, I, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not trying to steal thunder from you, but I'm just going to give a little anecdote where, you know, sometimes you're familiar with this. Like as a parent, they're doing something in the kitchen that's mundane, you know, like, hey, I'm, you know, seasoning some chicken for later or doing some dishes and and you maybe you've got a kid who kind of starts lingering around and walking around and maybe they start chit-chatting you up and eventually like after minutes and minutes of just different things and volleying you realize that their end game is to get to the cookie jar and kind of entice you to, to give them a cookie and that's the vibe i got right off the rip from Hellbrand lingering around with Celebrimbor. i'm like yeah. my eyes went open and i'm like bingo what's going on here yeah, so they're they're chit chatting, and Celebrimbor, who is like you know the the chief of all Elven Smiths, um, and is, Halbrand was so gracious to remind him of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like he's clearly you know clearly a fan, and um, <laughs> I've got your name tattooed on my bicep, Celebrimbor. And so Celebrimbor is like, you know, he's racking his brain and he's stressed out and he's like, ah, yeah, bollocks. <laughs> and, uh, and Halibrand kind of presents a new angle. He says, you know, with all due respect, <laughs> could there not be a way to combine it with, you know, like, yeah, we have this tiny, tiny little bit of mithril. Mm. Um, but I think there's an option here where you can tell the dwarves to go suck an egg and because <laughs> you don't need any more than what you have. 
And, you know, it's not just a matter of stretching it, right? Because they've been looking at it as like, you know, you know, if we mix it with something else to try to stretch it, then mm-hmm. it's it's going to to weaken it too much, right? We it, it'll yep. it'll be butter scraped across too much bread, and mm-hmm. um, and he says, well, you know, where I come from, there are certain you know, there's ways of doing this where the alloys will actually sort of magnify the effect, amplify it, um, you know use the gold as an antenna essentially to to mm-hmm. strengthen the signal of the mithril um and this was the scene where i think halbrand's reveal happens in two stages in this episode um for many who are tolkien heads his reveal happens in this scene for others, sure. it's not for a little bit. Um, yep. So, in the end of this this scene, he sort of hands the mithril back to Celebrimbor, and, um, you know, Celebrimbor says, huh, that is a intriguing suggestion. Mm-hmm. And Halbrand says, consider it a gift. <laughs> <laughs> and to anyone who's in the know and knows right. that Sauron in the lore poses as Anatar, Lord of the Gifts, mm. and that's how he that's who he's posing as when he sort of gets the ball rolling on this whole, you know, rings of power thing. We're like, holy shit. That was that was all the confirmation we needed <laughs> right there. Right. And it was fun because it's a great subtle wink to to the fans, yep. to the diehards, to the people who yep. are in the know. Um, so that's a great moment. Um, bef- before you go on, I just want to make this statement about the episode. I think I'm shocked with how many answers we got. And I know that one was more of a wink to lead up to a, a reveal we got, but it's still an answer to those who are would be knowing. And I think just in general, whether it's about, you know, the, the stranger or, 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 or Halbrand, I think I was expecting maybe like one definitive answer. I don't even know if I want to put a number on it. I was maybe expecting something definitive, but also maybe some things were just we progressed but didn't get an answer and some things kind of ending in a cliffhanger. Like just with the way it is with serialized shows, like I was like, okay, there's a lot of seasons left. You know, you might get one answer, but then that answer you know, leads to two more questions or something. It kind of like a cyclical thing where it's like, okay, I'm not getting my hopes up because just the nature of it, they can't answer everything. I'm not saying they did. We'll, we'll break it down a bit more, but just the amount of answers with that we got, but that we didn't get, I think it was just like a perfect blend. I just want to say that before I forget. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, 100%. Now this does listen, this, you know the fact that we're we seem to be effectively skipping over all of the Anatar stuff here. That is something mm. that will piss a lot of diehard fans off. Um, okay, but you know, like I, the way I approach this is it. This kept me the way they did it in this show kept me guessing, 
right? Whereas if I had had five episodes of, you know, oh, this guy who's identifying himself as Anatar, the Lord of Gifts, and he's like, Mm -hmm. he's sweet-talking the elves, and he's doing all this, then, you know, I'm sitting there the whole time screaming at my TV going, guys, he's Sauron. Stop listening (laughs) to, right? So this was just very... Subtle. Subtle. And the show had sort of made you come to like Halbrand. Yes. Right? And Mm -hmm. so, um, so some other stuff happens. We, you know, we get some, some cutaway scenes to Numenor and Tar Palantir is in rough shape. And, um... Actually, can I cut you off before you say that one more, one more thing I just want to harp on. It makes you like him, which I find just, for me, and maybe other people felt this way too, it really lets you feel the, not human because they're elves, but like the... The human connection between being deceived or being led into something, right? Because I feel like in the epilogue when Sauron gives the rings and they were all deceived and, you know, it's easy to just kind of scoff and go, oh my gosh, like an evil lord came with rings. And even if he was disguised as someone fair, like, did no one have the foresight to think, oh my gosh, maybe we shouldn't take, you know, like I'm just being hypercritical here, but just- yeah told in this light it's like we liked him we liked him for a heck of a long time and sure maybe it got to a point where it's like okay stop listening to him but it for the longest time from episode one till seven or two to seven or whenever he was introduced to us i would have believed anything he said or i would have followed what he said you know so i guess i'm just trying to say I was deceived by him, yeah. and so that made me see the whole kind of genesis of what happened with the rings in a new light going, okay, it's not as simple as that. You know, no. when you're in the trenches, you don't have the gift of hindsight. So I, I well, guess that yeah. just gave me a whole new appreciation for being in the moment like the elves were. Well, and that's the thing. There's been a lot of, I've read a lot of hate where people are going like, Halbrand being Sauron is, uh, just makes Galadriel seem stupid. No, and I'm like, not no, at all. We were deceived. We were deceived. I was deceived. I, I yes. he was my number one theory. Um, we all had theories, but it wasn't clear cut. It no, was him. No, and we only have theories because we're speculating on like a destination. We yeah. know where we're going. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. It, we're like, no, you're, you're someone right, must by, be Sauron. Yeah, yeah. By her, by yeah, I, I agree. That does not make her a, a weak character or a stupid no. character no. at all. No, it, yeah. And so, yeah. So then we're in Numenor. Tar Palantir is in very rough shape. Farazhan is like, you know, uh, we were going to build a mighty statue. And, you know, we need people in here to to <laughs> sketch down his likeness. Um, and one of the people in there sketching down his likeness is Elendil's daughter, Isildur's mm-hmm. sister. Um, yep. And Tar Palantir you know, basically encourages her to go fondle the Palentia. Um, <laughs> and we don't, and, and so this is sort of like a strange cliffhanger because mm. we don't see what comes of that. No. Um, so that's, that's something that we're going to need to have sort of touched on in season two. But yeah. what I did think was really cool was Tar Palantir's line about how through overuse of them, he has lost the ability to tell the difference between what is present and what is future and what is hmm. like it's muddled his brain. Yep. And I thought that was cool. Oh uh, yeah. We come back 
to Eregion. And, and uh, Galadriel has sent off someone to go to, like, just find anything. Find some history on the Southlands, find history on the... Because what happens is, after speaking with Halbrand, Celebrimbor goes to Galgalad, and he's like... Uh, you know, this is this is what we have to do. We're going to create a crown, and and because it's better if it's circular, because then it can kind of like feed into itself and intensify the power, sort of like an unbroken, you know, channel of light. Um, mm. And then he says, quote for quote, <laughs> some of the same garbage that <laughs> yeah. Adar says earlier on. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and this is sort of the first moment that Galadriel is like, wait a minute, whoa, what <laughs> what what is? No, she doesn't jump to Sauron, but she's like, no, whoa, like what? Where did you? Where did you hear that? Where did you who hear ta- those words? And like a parent to their child who dropped an f bomb, they go, where did you hear that? Yeah, and Calabrimbor in this scene seems sort of like a a, a strange blend between absent minded, <laughs> like he's not quite sure, like he's he's right. under a bit of a spell, yeah, um, and then ultimately a little defensive. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, anyways, yep. yeah. So as a result of that, Galadriel sends sends a worker off to go, you know, do some digging. And then the crazy scene. The scene where down by the river, Galadriel and Halbrand, you know, Halbrand comes and says like, oh, you know, we've cracked the code, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. We need to, um, we're actually going to need two, um, two items. And as a result of needing two, it's going to have to be something a little bit, she says two crowns. And he says, well, actually it's going to have to be something a little smaller. Um, like a belt buckle or something. Which is like a, a pee your pants moment a little bit for those <laughs> who are watching, right? Like, there's so many moments where you're like, <gasps> like, you know, they're just like teasing. They're, there's so much teasing that happens. And she says, he says, you know, come on and I'll show you. And she says, not until you tell me who you are. And he's like, what do you mean? You know who I am. And mm. she has in her possession a scroll that she kind of like, throws on the like she is done at this point <laughs> and she throws it on the ground in front of him she says you know they're the lineage that you claim to be a part of died out a thousand years ago mm-hmm. Th- there were no heirs what is your name tell tell me your name mm-hmm. right and at this point it's kind of like her her temperament in this point is kind of like when Gandalf is with Frodo and trying to figure out whether or not this ring is the ring. Hmm. Gandalf is pretty sure. He's he's oh, yeah. afraid. Yeah. He doesn't want it to be true. He doesn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. With the whole toss it in the fire, take it out, do you see anything, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's sort of what I feel is going on here. Galadriel at this mm. point is scared to the bone that this is Sauron. That somehow, Mm. like, everything inside of her is telling her that she's been duped and that's what's going on here. But she doesn't Mm. want that to be true. Yeah. Right? So she doesn't accuse him of being Sauron. Mm. She says, you know, tell me your name. And at this point, Halbrand's demeanor changes entirely in this sort of, like, okay, the jig is up. 
right? Like his 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 voice almost changes a little bit. His his body language changes a little bit in this kind of like relaxed. I'm no longer hiding because there's no point sort of way. Hmm. And one of the coolest lines in all of this show, and maybe like one of the cooler lines in the on-screen Middle Earth that we've ever seen, Halbrand says, I have been awake since before the breaking of the first silence. In that time, I have had many names. And I, and that is like, that is the confirmation like for anyone who didn't get the whole consider it a gift thing, this should this should have been all the confirmation anyone needed to go. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And she goes, she takes a swing at him. He starts playing some mind games with her. He puts her back under the tree with her deceased brother, and there's this whole conversation that happens. Then they end up back out on the raft, and he Halbrand's mm-hmm. kind of trying to seduce Galadriel with power. Yeah. Right? Be, I will make you a queen. In 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 a line that is very reminiscent. So, in place of the Dark Lord, you will be set up... Uh, you will set up a queen. And mm-hmm. I shall not be dark, but beautiful and terrible as the morning and the night. Fair as the sea and the sun and the snow upon the mountain dreadful as the storm and the lightning stronger than the foundations of earth and all shall love me in despair right that's galadriel's like you know mm-hmm. the place of a dark lord you will have a queen kind of thing that she does in in lorian and it's very 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 reminiscent of yep. um you know like halbrand says to her um what is his wording here he says um, he says, I would make you a queen, fair as the sea and the sun, stronger than the foundations of the earth, right? So mm. it's, 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 yeah, which is kind of a fun, like a lot of people have said, oh, they're just copying lines from the, you know, and I'm like, well, no, but this adds some fun through continuity that, that oh, yeah. then what she's reciting in Lorien are lies from Sauron that have been spilled into her in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, he shows her a really wicked, cool, like again, visually stunning show. Oh my friggin' ugh. The reflections in the water. Yes. That is that, so cool. The reveal and the reflection, yeah. yeah. And then in as things are starting to get heated, right? She he says, you know, like we'll save Middle Earth, and she says, save or rule? And he says, I see no difference. And that's mm. when she like brings the knife up to his neck and and then in a very intense sort of collection of some of the tightest close-up shots I've ever seen in my life of people's faces, um, there's sort of this back and forth. He's like, she's like, I will never be by your side. And he says like, you have no choice and blah, blah, blah. And what, you know, basically what are people going to say when they find out that Sauron lives because of you? Right. Hmm. And as this is happening, like his face seems to be getting a little darker and his voice starts changing into like this 
dark lord voice and then the final shot of him as he's screaming and they've like morphed his face a bit and his teeth are very jagged and his green eyes are still green but they have the sauron slits hmm and oh my goodness whether this is accurate with lore whether it's what fans wanted this scene is so good and so fun and so intense and so frightening that it gets me it gets me so excited for the series moving forward because we you know the scariest thing about Sauron in the Lord of the Rings is sort of the threat of Sauron right Tolkien broke so many rules of writing when he wrote a trilogy that has a, a main antagonist that we never see. Hmm. He never shows up. Mm. Right? So so it's That's just sort of like this foreboding, like, mm. looming threat of Sauron. Mm. But we never see him. Right. Uh, and it worked. It worked for the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. But it's so exciting to see that once we do see Sauron in Rings of Power... He is the stuff of nightmares. Hmm. He's not just like strong and powerful and kind of a dick. He is evil. Yeah. And that that excites me for the series moving forward. Did this scene like it, what what was this scene like for you? Are you cuz I was oh, like I'm like yeah, yeah. this is one of the scenes specifically this scene like from from the whole tell me your name who the hell are you <laughs> to him you know, throwing her into the water and her being, you know, mm-hmm. tied to the the thing underwater again. This was one of the things that made me, like, I watched mm. the show mm-hmm. and then got up. I watched the show at, like, midnight, quarter after 12. <laughs> watched it, got up, went to the washroom, <laughs> poured myself a new drink, and started over again. And, <laughs> and this this scene, this sequence, is was one of the driving factors for that. Oh jeez, <laughs> I uh, I actually want to piggyback on your point because that's a really good point. Like, what a way to convey the nightmare presence that he he was in or that he is in the way that they did, right? Because it was wasn't just a reveal that yes, he's powerful. Yes, we should be afraid because of his name and what might come next. Like, it was a very visually visceral kind of journey that Galadriel went on in that sequence and therefore we went on. So I, I, yeah, that's, I think it's actually a point I never really considered just the way they introduced his coming out, so to speak. Um, what, what other way could you have it more terrifying and more kind of giving you the stakes that are at hand? But I agree. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you. I don't mean that as a slight. I just think, Oh, I don't think anybody um, enjoyed it as much as me. <laughs> I I think what I really loved was just that reveal of the, the camera inverting and you get the silhouette in the water of, you know, the Sauron in armor and, and Hillebrand standing there and Galadriel on the raft. And that was just for me, the real, whoa aha uh-huh moment in that sequence that i just visually and the soundtrack building up to that moment that was the kind of the turning point for me but oh, so intense um <laughs> so then we're with the harfoots again um well actually yeah, numenor and tar palantir is officially dead uh <laughs> he's done so and in the books 
Muriel never ends up ruling, right? Mm, Farazan's sort of the next douchebag to take over. <laughs> and so okay. I think we will see that in season two. Um, yep. The Harfoots. This scene, man. This scene with the Harfoots. Okay. I, every time I've seen it, so this is another one of the scenes that I've like watched repeatedly hmm. on like YouTube with reactions and stuff like that. <laughs> It does mm-hmm. not matter how many times I watch this scene. I weep. And I mean, I weep Which in this... Part? Hang on. So I weep in the okay, same okay. way that that Andrew Garfield catching Zendaya. What? Oh, yeah. I Which part? Okay. weep. So there's this whole, like, you know, everything's good now, and Nori's back with mm-hmm. her parents and the other, yep. you know, everyone else, and everyone's celebrating and cheering, and the father hands her, they sort of like set her bag is packed down in front of her and mm-hmm. says like, you're part of something bigger now. They mm-hmm. they recognize you got to go. You got to right. be a part of this adventure. And, yeah. and she kind of like, she goes around, she's hugging people, saying goodbye and stuff like that. Um, there's sort of a, a rough sort of... Um, Emotionally shut off goodbye from Poppy, mm. right? Who has, uh, you know, oh, did you pack your lantern? And she says, of course. And she's like, okay, well, goodbye. And like mm. walks off, right? And yep. I, so so that happens. And then she goes to say goodbye to her family. And the interaction between Nori and her father, where he starts tearing up, and this was like, I think what got me was that like, okay, it's an emotional scene, but also like I've been the father of a girl. And sure. so I, I yep. there was like some empathy happening here. Yeah. And, and it was this like, you know, some father I am sending you off in the world and I haven't even taught you nothing. And she's like, mm. of course you have. You've taught me, you know, you've taught me all these things. Always squelch your fire with water and earth and <laughs> and never never squat near a stream because you never know when you need a drink further down, right? Like, you know, this right. is fu- funny stuff, but like Yeah. But also sad. And then and then the whole family hugs and the father kisses everybody on the head and like and that's mm-hmm. emotional. And so there I'm already like choked up. I'm like <laughs> I'm like in trouble here. And then as she goes to leave, Poppy comes running um, and we get some slow motion hobbits, which hobbits seem to be the only ones in Middle Earth that have the superpower of slow motion, Um, (laughs) but that's fine. And Mm. because the same thing happens when we're back in Rivendell at the end of Return of the King. Right. Right. And they're all jumping on the beds together and and laughing about (laughs) nobody actually really knows what. Um, (laughs) But... uh, and Poppy starts crying and says, why does everyone I care about always have to leave? Mm. And I was a wreck. Hmm. I was a wreck. And a lot of the theories I've seen online is that like, oh, Poppy's, obviously Poppy's going to end up going on this adventure as well because, you know, she's kind of the the Sam to Nori's Frodo. But I'm like, no, because... She's, I think she's going to stay, but she's their new Pathfinder. Hmm. Right? That's the whole, you know, because she's looking at the map and they're like, well, why don't you then, you know, if it's so easy, why don't you figure it out? Although, I mean, there's an argument to be made there that, you know, they will need, that Nori and Meteor Man will need Poppy to navigate their way to Rune. 
Um, but I don't mm. know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But that scene really got me. And then hmm. Nori ends up up with Meteor Man, who at this point, okay, so we know he's a wizard. We've we've actually had a scene now where you know she asks him like you know Estar, what is that? Is that is that who your people are? And he says, Oh, Estar. Yeah, in 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 your language and common tongue, uh, it means uh, man that is wise or like wise person, um, hmm. or and he's like sort of searching for another translation, and he says, "Or a wizard, right?" <laughs> and again, like I, many of us already knew that that's you know when he dropped the holy star thing. But I think for everyone else, much like the Halbrand reveal had two parts, this was like the okay. Now let's bring everybody else into the fold as well and confirm mm. yes, he's a wizard. Um, and so then he Nori gets to the top of the hill and she's like, you know, he's like, are, are you sure about this? And she says, yes, more more than anything ever before. And, um, and he says, well, everyone's waving at you. And she says, you know, if I, if I turn and look at them, I won't ever leave. And he says, oh, well, then perhaps it's best that you lead on. And I want to say something hmm. here. Everyone... I think people are harping on the fact that he goes from blubbering idiot to <laughs> well-spoken wizard rather <laughs> quickly. But I do think that even though the people from Rune were wrong about him being Sauron, I do think they were right about some sort of like, he's in, when he arrives here, he's in a bit of a, a fog. Mm. And I think that yep. that fog has been exponentially clearing. So I don't right. I don't think it's a, a plot hole or a story issue that all of a sudden he's well-spoken and is aware of the fact that he's a wizard. I think that all tracks and that makes sense and that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But he says, you know, best, you know, then maybe you should lead on. And she's like, well, come to think of it, uh, my, you know, my feet feel like they're chunks of iron or something. She, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble. And uh, and she says, not to mention, I don't have an inkling of which way to go. And he goes, oh, well. And he sort of turns and he looks and he goes, oh, there it is. And she's like, are you <laughs> sure? And he's like, not entirely. But the air's, there's a, there's a warm smell on the air in this direction. And the moment that doesn't, Look, it. I don't think it seals it in one hundred percent, but it comes close. But it's like ninety nine percent confirmation mm. that this yep. is Gandalf when he says, "When in doubt, Nori, always follow your nose." And I, which I is love the same line part. that Gandalf says to Pippin in the Mines of Moria. Of course, I loved that bit. I loved that scene. That part of that scene was great. And you know what? I I did not want him to be Gandalf, but this is what I was alluding to at the start of our episode where I said that some of the decisions that I don't necessarily want, I can understand how if you are needing to do things that will allow your show to appeal to the broader audience, that making him Gandalf 
is probably the right decision. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yep. I, I do. I think it's the smart move. I think it makes yep. sense that that's what they're doing, even though it makes no sense from a lore standpoint and so on and so forth. Whatever. Get over mm. it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a fun show. Yeah. Uh, and so then we get back to we get back to Aragion, and they're going to forge the rings anyways. Galadriel has chosen not to tell anyone yeah. that Halbrand is Sauron, and and I've seen a lot of people have issue with this and punch holes in it, and it makes perfect sense to me. Listen, this is the only thing they don't have any other options. As much as she doesn't want to go along with Sauron's, the, the plan that Sauron initiated, she is mm-hmm. clear in making sure, okay, you know, actually we're going to make three rings because in, in three there's balance and so on and so forth, right? In mm-hmm. one there's, you know, whatever she says, and they're like, in two there's rivalry, there's competition, in three there's balance. Um, yep. So we're going to make three. It is important that the forging of these rings is something that happens um, without, not without Sauron's knowledge, but without, like, he doesn't actually physically have a hand in it. Um, it's something that they do after he's gone, which is why when he puts on his one ring, he doesn't actually, that's the three elven rings he doesn't have control over. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think that if you, in, in from Galadriel's standpoint, these rings need to be made. It is the only option. They have no other options. They're out of time. They're out of options to save the elves. If you tell everyone that Halbrand was Sauron, then all of a sudden you run the risk of a bunch of people... You you run the risk of all of a sudden people being like, okay, well, then this is a bad idea. Let's not make these rings. And so I think she's between a rock and a hard place and is doing yeah. what she thinks is is sort of an okay compromise. We're going to make three. Sauron's not here, yada, yada. Um, But unfortunately, it's got to be done, you know. Hmm. Um, So then the rings are made. The rings look amazing. They look beautiful. And the whole ring forging sequence, again, the visuals in this show, oh my gosh. Uh, And then the show ends with this amazing shot of Sauron, you know, now looking all Lord of the Sith, and uh, and he's staring out over Mordor, no doubt on his way to go forge his ring. Uh, mm. And I'm just like, oh, yes. And then I'm like, oh, two years, son of a bitch. And yeah. Yeah. So that's Rings of Power. It made me cry. It 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 enthralled me with excitement. It it I'm I am one hundred percent I just love this show, man. Mm-hmm. I just wrapping on the end, I did feel some of that ring footage. I loved the forging of it, and then it got to a point where like the camera honed in on the three of the rings sitting there and sitting up and sitting down and upside down. And I was like, I get it, the three rings. Let's see them put it on. Like, let's go. So I, I, I was just drag kind of, out. I noticed that it it was a bit of a drag. They were like, "Wow, um, we're going to spiral in on them." Oh, and now we're going <laughs> to spiral out. Which is part of me just wondering, like, did you just play the same clip in reverse? Was it such a beautiful shot that you just played the same clip backwards? Right. Oh yeah. Um, and on the rig making, I do just rhetorically because I don't even know if I know the answer to this, I do wonder if the ring 
making, like from the decision to, I guess, Halbrand planted the seed. So like the, that, that part of it to uh, constructing something that when turned into constructing, let's make it a ring to then let's construct them to then let's, let's divvy them out. Here they are. I, I'm, I'm trying to decide if that felt a bit rushed to just f- throw in the last half of the last episode, or if that made sense, if that plays into just the urgency that the elves were facing and yeah, the dire that just, they had. We didn't have time like, to dick around. Yeah, and like, so I, I guess I get both sides and I don't know how I feel. So part of me feels like that story element was a bit rushed, but maybe there's the argument to be made. No, that that makes sense. They've tried other things. Those other things didn't work. This is like the last attempt. So I, I get it and I don't get it, yeah. I guess I should say. So final final episode of season one, sir, was it a win or fail for you? Absolutely a win. I don't know if, I again, I need to rewatch the whole series at some point way before season two comes out i'm talking in the near future i need to decide i think there were one or maybe two episodes that i preferred more but it's definitely a good episode and uh it's a solid series i enjoyed it i really did yeah i'm gonna be re-watching it um for two reasons <laughs> one because a i want to and b because now <laughs> i want to go back and dissect oh, every time we see Halbrand yes. on screen Every time we see him sneeze or give a high five, yeah. I'm going to be analyzing yeah. it. Uh, the other question I want to ask you is mm-hmm. Rings of Power season one on a scale of Ca- zero to ten. I I don't know how to answer that. Numerically. I, <laughs> I gave it a B plus. Uh, which uh, is what? That's like a 75? <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave... I gave five out of the eight episodes a thumbs up. So if we're just doing mathematically five out of eight, that's a six, six and a quarter out of 10. That doesn't fully accurately represent it. So I'm just going to throw probably like a seven out of 10, maybe an eight, I, just somewhere in that range. So between a seven and an eight Okay, um, wasn't perfect, but it was definitely good. Definitely good. Cool. Cool. What would you give it out of 10? Uh, well, first of all, this episode is a major win for me. Um, oh yes, well, absolutely. I, I would, down, I would certainly hope so. I if you went through crying and you know having to change your pants because of certain things that you liked, I I would hope it wasn't a fail. Yeah, no, absolute win. Uh, and on a scale of zero to ten, I give it a nine point six. Um, hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's the odd pacing issue. There's the odd thing here and there that I would have done differently. Blah blah blah. Uh, but overall, like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like, adult hour-long television show mm-hmm. series. Like, you know, if I'm excluding stuff that I watched as, like, a kid and stuff that were, like, yeah, my favorite yeah, shows yeah. as kids. Um, yeah. This might be my favorite television show. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, does this crack your top five? Like so full length, probably. You know, and this is excluding, you know, it's not like friends and stuff. Cause that's like, I had 20 minutes. Apples and oranges. Yeah. And, you know. Um, but if we're in the realm of like, you know, the full length shows that I've watched as an adult, you know, supernatural, uh, house rings of power, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's, you know, Riverdale, the Arrowverse. I think this is number one. So, but including every show on earth, so like even Friends, would it be safe to say this still cracks the top five? Top five? Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Like it might be maybe, yeah. number five. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, probably, probably cracks the top five. Yeah. The point is, it's really good in your book. So, so damn good. <laughs> so damn good. Okay, wrap this yeah. up, sir. Well, thank you all for listening to all eight episodes or all seven episodes if you only listen to seven or all six if you only listen to six and only uh, five. You're, no. you're going down a, it, just to end <laughs> that. You're going down a rabbit hole here, sir. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you join us in the future. And uh, please join us before we do season two because that's going to be a long time. So we'll keep you company till season two comes along. And uh, like, follow, subscribe, see all our socials below, join our Patreon page if you're so inclined, and uh, leave us a like and a comment. What did you think of episode eight? Did it please you? Did it displease you? Where, where, where are we at on that? And um, until we chat next time, um, just follow your nose. Always. Always. When in doubt. When in doubt. Follow your Even nose. when you're sure about what you're doing, just follow it. Uh... Okay.